Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate or Death podcast, where we help you, the listeners, figure out ways to reach financial freedom through real estate. And today, I've got another great guest on, so if you could go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Sure. Hey, thanks, Max, for having me. Uh, my name is Sean Amaral. I am a realtor with Keller Williams Realty Coastal. Um, I'm also the productivity coach there, so I help others... Uh, build their businesses as well, including me, including you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm mm-hmm. new. Re- I mean, I don't know if I, I would say being in real estate a little over a year is new still. Um, I'm not really sure when you, you know, bridge that gap from being new. I think probably like five years. I think once you got five years under your belt, I wouldn't say you're considered new anymore. I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's relative. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess it's really based on the number of honestly transactions you yeah. do because you're going to run into. A lot of different scenarios depending right. on what the deal looks like. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we can get into some nitty gritty stuff about scenarios. I think that would be pretty fun to talk about briefly. But um, yeah. So, you know, what's funny is I've filmed two episodes of this podcast and I haven't really gotten a chance or I just, I guess, forgotten to talk about the meaning behind the title, like the real meaning behind the title. So give me real estate or give me death or real estate or death for short. Um, was inspired by Patrick Henry, which we were talking about briefly before we started recording. And Patrick Henry was a founding father of the United States, Mm -hmm. famous for saying, give me liberty or give me death. Um, He was a lawyer from Virginia. I believe he was even the governor of Virginia at one point. He may have been. Yeah. And um, he was um, actually, he hated the Constitution. I do know that, which is really weird. He actually helped create the Bill of Rights because they created the Constitution and there were were no real Bill of Rights. So he helped create that, and I guess it kind of made him like it better, but he still didn't really like the core of it. And that's something you sort of see in a lot of founding fathers, which is interesting. A lot of them had their own issues with the Constitution, you know. And it's just really interesting because I think even nowadays you're still like – there's things in that that still hold up, you know, like, and it's insane. But that's, again, a topic for a different podcast. I just wanted to talk about my inspiration for the uh, title of the podcast. And and liberty, for me, is financial freedom, right? right? Which is, and how do we get there? What's the most accessible way to get there? And in my opinion, it's real estate. You don't need to have, like I said before, some amazing product that sells it's here it's accessible for anybody that works hard there's a system that works it's in place you just need to go and work hard and buy property create rental income passive income and become financially free and through this podcast i'm going to have great guests on like you who are going to help educate people in different ways to get there so sean i know you have uh, a really interesting background. So before we get into the questions, um, if you could just briefly go into your background, maybe as an engineer, and sort of how you got to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. So I'm honestly I'm late to the real estate game, um, in in the grand scheme of things. So I started out. Yes, I was in the military right out of high school. Learned a, a skill in electronics. Went to college as soon as I got back. Uh, then I landed a job at APC right down the road over yep. here. Um, Great company, very entrepreneurial, and it really set me on fire as far as what you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot. And, and like I said, the management there was just incredible. You could do whatever you wanted to do as long as you got a result. Even mm-hmm. if it was a bad result, you wouldn't get reprimanded. It's like, all right, good try. Do it again. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, took that opportunity. It, they went public. Um, we got reimbursed. Instead of 401k, we got shares in the company. 
Yeah. Which was amazing. And at that point, shares were splitting, t- t- doubling. What I mean, year was, did you start working at APC? Um, I'm guessing around 1991 or 92 ah, so or somewhere. You, you did pretty well when they sold the company for $4 billion. <laughs> yeah, I was, I don't know, I was probably one of the first three, 400 employees. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was a good time. Um, so it was a five-year vesting period there, so... Right after my fifth year, um, a partner of mine, we started our own company. We took our stock options, yep. cashed them in, started a business. We really didn't know what we were doing, mm-hmm. but we knew we wanted to do something. Um, so we did a variety of consulting jobs all, all around the internet. Mm-hmm. The internet was really fledgling at that point. Um, and we ended up landing on internet security. And so that was our forte. And at that point, trying to set up a firewall and a VPN and all this other stuff was really like black magic. It's Especially not, when it wasn't as as accessible. Correct. You know, back in the day. Correct. Everything was kind of like hand built, yeah. so to speak. Uh, we did have a couple of commercial products. Anyway, we wrapped our services around some commercial products. Uh, we pitched our plan to a bunch of venture capitalists. We went to MIT Venture Forum, Brown Venture Forum. We ended up finding some investors. Uh, they invested in us. We grew our company from about five or six people to about 130 in about wow. a year. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, we had a way to blast it. The, the, the things that I learned during that was about a five year period. Uh, you cannot learn in school. It was all trial by fire. Yeah. It was all figuring it out on the fly. Fortunately, we found a couple of good mentors and our investors were also really helpful. So yeah, it helped us really, really, really uh, grow as business people and business mm-hmm. owners. Um, so I think between, and where I'm going with this is I think between my experience at APC and then having my own company, um, really did inspire me as an entrepreneur. I mean, I think I was born that way. Yeah. And then um, we sold that company. I went and worked for a couple more, maybe three more startups after that. And then um, in 2010, the market just crashed. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to work for anybody anymore. I'm going to just go back and work for myself again. Mm-hmm. So I played around for honestly about five years trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'm like, Real estate seems pretty easy, right? When you think about it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't say that because I always say it's not that easy. But um, honestly, the the cost of entry is like... is fairly low. It's fairly low. Yeah. Like you can't... I don't know of any other business that you can start for less than $10,000. Right. Right. I mean, when you look at it like that, you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, for... I mean, the class costs 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. You got to get your license. You got to pay your dues to, to NAR and that's like $700. Right. Um, and then you have desk fees for mm-hmm. whatever brokerage you join, and that varies right. greatly Great. depending on each brokerage and their splits and whatnot. But you're absolutely right. The cost of entry is extremely low. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's a lot less than 10K. It's probably like honestly about three or four to get in the game. Right. And, you know, for a monthly spend with no marketing. But if you had, I don't know, three or four thousand for marketing, you know, mm-hmm. you're at six or eight, eight thousand. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Tell me another business that you can invest six or eight thousand dollars in and have your own business. I don't even know if it exists, to be honest with you. Right. No. Um, unless you're starting something from scratch, and then that's I think that's a lot more expensive. Right. Right. Well, and and the thing about real estate is you're entering something that I mean, you already have a marketing system that's included in mm-hmm. what you get as a realtor. You have the MLS. Yep. When you're starting a different business, you don't get that. It's Correct. all you. You bootstrap, you do the marketing, and the MLS is 
a game changer Correct. if you look at it from just a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. you get that. It's a huge advantage. Correct. And you have a product and you have a consumer, mm-hmm. right? So that part is already there. The system is there. The you don't need there. to create a system. Correct. What you're creating is your own business to plug into that system. Right. right. So like when I created my 3D printing company, it was all me. I needed to create the website. I needed to create the services that I do. I needed to find the customer basis. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to create the capabilities. You know what I mean? And it's similar in real estate, but I didn't need to create a website. And people don't realize how huge that is. You don't need to make people understand what you're doing. You sell houses. That's pretty it. straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need you don't need to. I mean, I was going to say, well, you need to greatly educate yourself. But yeah. there's people here. When you great when you join a great brokerage like Keller Williams Coastal, there's people there like you, and you get a mentor who help you get started, so you get the capabilities to sell houses correctly and successfully. Whereas my um, my mentor in 3D printing was YouTube. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Great tool. I've learned a lot, but man, it was tough when I was getting started figuring out figuring out when a printer broke because it happens all the time, how to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to electronics. Electronics suck, and you know that. I do. You know, like you do one thing and you're like, I don't understand why this isn't working. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you could say that in real estate too, but, you know, but... Um, yeah, even writing software, yeah. one misplaced comma or whatever, and their whole program is is done, right? Absolutely. So you got to go find it. So, yeah, but I, I agree. So, and I think, you know, if you, if you think of it the way you're describing it as, you know, you're plugging into a system that already exists, all, I shouldn't say all you need to do, but honestly, all you need to do is plug into that system and educate and yourself. educate yourself and execute what other people have already done. Right. 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 You don't need to reinvent the wheel in real estate. There's a lot of successful people and there's nothing wrong with innovating and, and building on what works for you, what has worked for others. Correct. You know what I mean? So let's get into the, 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 the the three questions of this podcast really uh, surrounds about. And uh, the first question is what makes you successful in this industry? Um, I think, well, the first thing that comes to mind is curiosity, Okay. right? So to your point, um, yes, you need to be, you need to learn. You need to be a learning-based individual to succeed in this business mm-hmm. because not only do two transactions never equal, but also the business is always changing, right? So we've been in a seller's market for a couple of years, probably three or so, three or so years. Prior to that, it was mixed. And then prior to that, it was a buyer's market, right? So we may swing around at some point to a buyer's market. Mm -hmm. If you're unable to pivot and be aware of that change that's coming along, more than likely you're going to either lose market share or exit the business, right? right? Because you're not going to succeed if you don't grow. So for me, I think curiosity is the one thing for me that keeps me going. I'm always thinking about what's coming next. How can I improve my business? How can I help other people improve their business? Right. right. Yeah. So uh, I guess that sort of ties into the next question is why you over other real estate professionals? I'm a realtor. Why would somebody use you over me? Yeah, good question. Um, so honestly, I, again, I think it's the learning based part of me. Yeah. I'm always educating myself on the market, the market conditions, what buyers and sellers are looking for. Because honestly, it's not about me. Right. It's about them. It's right. about what's going to get them to where they need to be. And honestly, I don't think of myself as a salesperson. Okay. I think of myself as a problem solver or a consultant, right? Okay. So, 
you have a problem, whether it's I need to sell my home or I need to buy a home or I need to invest in a home, that's your problem. So my job is to figure out, okay, why do you have this problem? How can we solve this problem? And what's the result you need? Yeah. Right? And so those are the things that I think for me set me apart from other agents. Mm -hmm. The ability to have that conversation, ask a lot of questions, and then work together for a solution to get the end result. Right. Yeah. And I sort of want to tie back into the market shifting and we're going to get a little off topic of the three questions here. But, um, you know, what's really interesting is a lot of people are saying that there's going to be a shift. There's going to be a shift and it might be a huge shift quickly. You know, as mm -hmm. as Ken Monroe says, huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. um, so uh, he's a future guest, by the way. Okay. So. Um, and the, the good thing, I think, is it's not going to be a massive drop immediately. It seems to be gradual. It's shifting now. You can see it. There are houses that are sitting. Mm -hmm. That Houses that you used, that were priced aggressively, usually they would sit for two weeks. Now they're sitting for a month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And houses that were priced, what I would say correctly, priced to sell, would sell within a week. Now they're sitting from after the first open house, I think would right. be the, the best way to put it. Like... Uh, the last house I sold, uh, you know, we we got under contract in six days, and right. and and really, I mean, it was we we I put it on the market. I uploaded the pictures on like a Tuesday night at ten thirty, and uh, you got a text at eleven. Yeah, well, I got a text <laughs> Wednesday morning at like you know at like seven o'clock, mm -hmm. and I had showings, and we had the open houses, and then we had it under contract that Monday. Right. You know what I mean? So it was insanely fast. And we got 30000 over ask. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the house priced correctly. Correct. And that's something I was extremely lucky because I was in the, I was in, I don't, the game for a long time before I got listings. And, uh, and I think that was extremely important because I really learned from the buy side what the market was like. And since we're seeing the market shift, uh, I think it'll even things out more. And I think it'll be good for buyers and will make it less leverage for sellers so it'll make the game more easy for for entry mm -hmm. interest rates aren't going anywhere Correct. They're, they're they're still going to be the same but if you're complaining about interest rates you just don't want to buy a house and you're looking for a reason mm -hmm. you know what i mean somebody who really wants a house you know it, it's a necessity i think for people to buy a house and that's just not me coming like and i'm going to be honest with you i didn't realize that i mean i i Maybe I did, but not to the full extent that I do now until I got my real estate license, how important it is for people to buy a house mm -hmm. and how necessary it is for you to achieve financial freedom in the United States of America. Correct. And it, it's not money out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. I was talking on my last episode or the, or the pilot episode um, about kids my age buying cars. Right. And... They still live with their parents. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And they're making three, four, five grand a month. And they think it's okay to spend 1500 bucks a month on a car, which is stupid. Right. Nobody needs a $50,000 car when they're 22 years old with a, and with a 10, 11% interest rate because you have little credit history. Right. That is the stupidest thing you could do. Mm -hmm. It is money out of your pocket. It is a depreciating asset. And this is something I learned from listening to Dave Ramsey. If you're going to buy a car, it, it uses a 4 10 rule. Mm -hmm. Four years for your loan, 20% down, can't be more than 10% of your income. And that's after 
repairs, mm-hmm. maintenance, gas, yeah. yeah, everything mm-hmm. like that. Yep. So if you make five grand a month, everything shouldn't be more than five hundred dollars a month, That's right? Good. I like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you need to start building to do things that will gain you financial freedom. And the most accessible way, like I said, is through real estate. Mm-hmm. You need to be saving to invest in properties. And uh, people my age, kids my age, need to realize, and I'm 22, for those of you listening, um, need to realize that you need to buy a house, a rental property, and get passive income. Mm-hmm. And that's necessary to reach the American dream. Correct. So that ties perfectly into my last question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you've achieved the American dream? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, well, what does it mean to you? So, all right. So the American dream to me, I mean, we, we talked at the initial start about financial freedom, mm-hmm. right? So that's a different meaning for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I have not reached my full financial freedom yet. However, um, I set a goal when I was very young where I needed to be in a different place than where I came from. Yeah. And so, yes, I've achieved that part of it. But I'm still not done. Right? You're still on your journey. I'm still on my journey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if I'll hit my goal eventually because I always set goals that are kind of reach goals, mm-hmm. right? Stretch goals. And whether I do or I don't, it doesn't matter. But the journey is getting me there and I'll probably exceed where I thought I could go. Just how, like everybody. How do you think it has progressed over your life, your your opinion on the American dream? Um. All right. So when I was younger, I had one concept of it. And then as I got older and had children, I had a different concept, mm-hmm. you know, so it did, it did change. What was I, the original concept? Um, just, I, I think I said, I wanted to, I wanted to have netted or sorry, had a net worth of, I think a million dollars by I was 40. Okay. Right. So that was my first goal. And then when, when I was in my thirties and I had kids, I'm like, that's not good enough. That's not, that's not good enough. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's jump, let's 10 X that. Right? right. So, so I set new goals. Right. And then life happens in between, right? Mm-hmm. There are life events, there are uh, job events, all of that stuff. So all of those things kind of feed into, I don't think you can set a goal today for 10 years from now and not change it. Yeah. Right? You're going to adjust it. Right. Right. One way or the other. A one-year goal probably won't adjust. A two-year goal, probably not. Three-year, probably not. Five-year, maybe not. But beyond that, it might be a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Right. Right? Yeah. And uh, something that, again, I've talked about before is goal setting and how incredible it is when you write it down and Mm -hmm. you actually think about it and talk to somebody. I think talking to somebody is extremely important and not just somebody that'll be like, oh man, that's a good goal, but challenge you on what those goals are Mm -hmm. and maybe say, well, don't you think you can do more than that in five years? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that's extremely important, you know? And for me, like you're absolutely right. You know, I'm only 22. I, 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 a crazy goal I have and that I've heard and that is uh, and something that I've decided I need to do by the time I'm 30. So eight mm-hmm. years from now, my goal is to own 10 properties. Okay. And I said that I, uh, f- uh, for, I've said this on the past, I'm taking, obviously we're both taking bold. Yes. Uh, which is a class. What's a BO stance? Uh, business objective, life, life by, by design. design. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I remembered. Life by design. Yep. So, um, and the coach for this course, his name is David Jones. He's also going to come on the podcast. Good. Which He's will be really guy, fun. Yeah. Uh, he did a goal setting class before we started the main bold mm-hmm. course. And um, I had said, I know this sounds crazy, but 
I want to own 10 rental properties by the time I'm 30 and I own none right now. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know what, Max, that's not crazy. That is perfectly achievable. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel like (laughs) I was like, I'm like, okay, I can do this. You know what I mean? And, and when it comes to things like that and then things, when I said to him, uh, by in five years, if I've averaging 20 houses a year Mm -hmm. selling, I'm okay with that. Right. He goes, well, Max, would you really be okay with only <laughs> uh, selling 20 houses right? in five years? I'm like, man, dude, like <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and it's crazy because I know that sounds simple as I'm saying it, mm-hmm. but there was a hundred people on Zoom during that. And I was being fairly open sure. with what my goals were. Sure. With people, I had no clue who they were. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I knew like five, 10 people on that call. And, um, when he, I wouldn't want to say called me out, but challenged me right. on those things, uh, it sort of set me back and made me think. And I know, like I said, it sounds super simple. Mm-hmm. Talking like, oh, all he said was, oh, really? 20 houses? Oh, you can do better. Like, it, it, it's so much different than that when you're in the moment. It is. And we all have self-limiting beliefs, whatever whatever they are, right? So I always ha- I have this visual in my head all the time when I'm like challenging myself of an elephant being tied to the stake, right? Yep. So an elephant, huge, gigantic animal, right? Has a little rope tied mm-hmm. to a little stake in the ground. The elephant thinks it can't get away, mm-hmm. right? Because it believes, oh, they tied me up. I can't escape. Right. All it has to do is take one step. The stake's out of the ground and they're gone. Right. right. So that's kind of when I'm challenging myself. I'm like, are you an elephant right now? Like, is that yeah. the way you're thinking? Right. Right. Absolutely. That's yeah. brilliant. That mm-hmm. is a, that is a brilliant analogy. Um, but uh yeah, I think we've had an absolutely amazing discussion. Uh, I think yeah. we've discussed a lot in this podcast, and I know it flew by really fast, it did. but it's been 25 minutes. Okay. So <laughs> absolutely crazy. You know, yeah. uh, we talk about a lot of interesting things. You know, these three questions, why you're successful, why you, and do you think you've achieved the American dream, I think are really important for everybody to think and and. and and reflect on what they're doing, you know, and it hopefully will inspire people listening mm-hmm. and inspire you guys, the guests, to become even more successful. Yeah. Because like you said, you're still on your journey of the American dream. I'm just getting started. And hopefully by one day I will said that I've achieved that. Yeah. So I really appreciate you driving down here this morning to yeah. come on the show. Thank you, Max. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, Sean made the long trek from Warwick this morning. <laughs> you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, Rhode Island, Warwick's is like half the state, and what is it like twenty five miles away? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, thank you, Sean. You're welcome. And uh, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you in the next one.